There's something been curious about this broadcast. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, and we have main engine start. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and liftoff. This is TGP nominal. Extra. All systems remain nominal. 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 Hello everybody and welcome to TGP Nominal Extra. It's December, so it's the last TGP Nominal Extra of the year. But it doesn't mean you won't be hearing any more from TGP Nominal this year because we've got our Garbage Pod Stroke TGP Nominal Christmas crossover coming out, hopefully on December the 24th, so Christmas Eve. So this, as I say, is TGP Nominal Extra for December, and that usually means we have our Sky Guide for the month. If I turn up this fader here, it should be Mr. Hockham on the the line. How are you doing, sir? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, indeed. Coming through strong. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Yeah, all good. Still here, still going. Got a good month ahead by the looks of it. There's a couple of things that I'm really looking forward to. Apart from Christmas, of course. A bit of a dodgy one this year, but uh, <laughs> what can you do? We were just discussing this offline, weren't we? Whether <laughs> what, what we can and what we can't do. Yeah, it's usually ramping up already for it, but no one's allowed out. So is it just going to be mental? Yeah, it, it, it's like <laughs> the starting gate that you get at the Grand National or whatnot. All the <laughs> yeah. horses are all lined up, and then as soon as that barrier goes, oh, wallop, oh, away we go. It might be the complete opposite. People might have already got it sorted because they worrying and we've done it all online yeah i think a majority of it was done online this year i think mr bezos has made a lot of money out of people this year mm. yeah well it's good news for me because all the telescopes have still sold out so when was it june they started and still people are having trouble getting hold of telescopes and finding bits it's now got to a point where if someone hears that suppliers getting some in they go in the group and go hey this place is getting 10 dobbies in come quick quick go by <laughs> Unbelievable. So, Ross, what has been happening for you guys? Lots of online Zoom talks, really. Lots of online Zoom talks. Unfortunately, we were meant to be going up to Twice Brood, weren't we? Yeah. Observatory to meet up the wonderful Will Cheng. But, yeah, lockdown happened. So, unfortunately, we didn't get to go up there. So, we're postponing it, hopefully, to maybe February, March, something like that. So, I've had two weeks off work and not a lot to do, to be honest. <laughs> The whole two weeks have been cloudy, rainy, dismal, and it knows when I'm off, because when the moon's out the way and the skies are ready, cloud and rain. Because you've been off work, the usual thing happens with the other half, and the other half finds things for you to do. Yeah, DIY. (laughs) It's the last one. It's the last room. I've done the bathroom, done the kitchen, done the front room, done the bedroom. It's all been ripped out, all new. The hall was the last thing, and it's now got a coat of paint on. She likes pigs, we know this as we talk about it sometimes on the podcast, and she wants pig pictures up because she's sponsored a pig, she's got a thing for pigs, don't know why. So she wanted it like a a pinky pig colour, so it'll go with it all, and we've actually decided we're going to actually have a stencil or something on there saying, welcome to the pigsty, I thought it was quite apt. (laughs) So that's the plan, see how it goes, but all the hard work's been done, apart from changing a radiator. The radiator should be easy, got to put a little cupboard in for some storage, flooring, skirting. The thing is I've done it in every other room now so <laughs> being the last room 
should be done by Christmas, fingers crossed. But now I've decided because we've now got the astronomy van and all the telescopes are out of the garage, I now have a garage that I now want to turn into a bit of a man den, insulate a bit so I can go out there and play my geek games without getting in the wife's way because she's working from home and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, that's the life of Ross. Not the astronomy Ross, normal Ross. That would be great for podcasting as well. Yeah, you can get in there. You have to teach me, I was going to ask you about mics actually, because I have to start doing some YouTube stuff and guides and ideas for people about EQ mounts and how they work and telescopes and what they do so I can direct them to an actual video as opposed to writing in the group. So yeah, I was going to pick your brain about what mic to have, but that's probably something to discuss off rather than bore the people (laughs) (laughs) who've come to listen about the sky. If you want to listen to people talking about microphones and all that kind of stuff, there are plenty of podcasts about podcasts. Ah, <laughs> uh, podcasts about podcasts about podcasts. <laughs> So there's one thing I wanted to, to mention before we go any further. That is that I have been featured on another podcast. Ooh. It's been in the pipeline for a little while. If you listen to the Garbage Pod, our last episode, you would have heard of a guy on there called Joe Cariotti. Um, he liked what I did on the podcasts and asked me if I would like to be a guest. So... Yeah, I get a message this morning saying, by the way, it's up and it's out there. So I'm just waiting for him to share on these social media platforms so that I can um, tell everybody we're on this podcast. The shoe's on the other foot now. Yeah, it was a bit weird listening (laughs) to myself not edited by myself. That (laughs) makes sense. Did it sound different? It does. It sounds completely different. (laughs) And not only is it an audio podcast, it's on YouTube as well. So. Um, you'll be able to see me (laughs) so yeah I will put links in the show notes so if you do want to have a listen to the podcast feel free Joe's a really nice guy and thanks to him for allowing me to come on the show and he as I said paid the respect back by appearing on the garbage pod so we are going to take a quick break and when we come back Ross is going to tell us what's going on in December we forget that start taking it all for granted the suits the ships the little bubbles of safety as they protect us from the void but the void is always waiting we are by nature explorers the same curiosity that sends us to the stars at the speed of thought urges us to go there in reality. And whenever we make a great new leap, we elevate humanity, bring people and nations together, usher in new discoveries, and new technologies. So remember to look up at the stars and not down at your feet. 
curious. I'm Chris Lintott, and you're listening to TGP Nominal. On canvas with paint in the artist's school, it is red that is hot and blue that is cool. But in science we show, as the heat gets higher, a star will glow red like the coals of a fire. Raise the heat some more, and what is in sight? Behold, the star glows bright white. But the hottest of all, I say unto you, is neither red nor white when a star has turned blue. This is TGP Nominal. So welcome back to TGP Nominal Extra. So Ross, what have you got for us? It's mostly starting on the 4th. So you've got a nice rising, almost 80% moon. It's going to be close to a nice cluster, which we've probably spoken about before. It's always on the sort of same line as the moon at the moment. And that's M44, which is the beehive cluster, also known as Presepi or Presepi, which is in Cancer, the crab. The moon's going to be close to it. It is 80%. So it will be washed out probably for those just looking with your eyes. But if you get a pair of binoculars, you'll reveal all the different coloured stars. It's a really nice big open cluster. And it's right in the middle of Cancer the Crab, which is an X. They say best viewed around about midnight time, but that'll just be it's higher in the sky and there's not so much atmosphere you're looking through. So you might be able to actually see this cluster of stars and the moon in the same field of view. You might be able to get both as well with a camera. So something just to look out for and have a peek at the beginning of the month. Moving on a bit to the 11th. For those comet spotters out there, if you've got a telescope, there's an opportunity to see if you can spot Comet 141P Matchholtz. is what I'm going for. It's passing through Aquarius at the moment, but on the 11th itself, that night, it's going to be just near the star Epsilon Aquarii, helping you find it easier because the star will be right there, and it's just sort of bottom right to it from what I can see. So have a look around that area. You may see it with binoculars. Why not have a go, see if you can see it. So there's a little comet passing through. They reckon it's about magnitude 8, so an all right telescope should see it. It might brighten. We don't know because these things have a habit of, you know, suddenly disappearing or destroying itself or going really bright like Neowise, you know, back in June or July. No one knew it was going to do that and it was amazing. So then if we move on to the morning of the 12th, early risers are going to get a lovely crescent moon rising just before the goddess of beauty Venus. It's well worth getting up for just before the sun rises, 5, 6 a.m. People are getting up for work and things like that. Just pop out or look out your window of a cup of tea and you'll see a lovely little crescent moon and Venus just shining there bright, saying hello to you. The next morning on the 13th, again, if you're a morning person, you're going to be greeted by a bright Venus. This time, you're going to have the moon below it. So it's going to be about 2%, very thin moon, rising around 7 o'clock-ish for the moon itself. It'd be to sort of the southeast. The moon might be hard to spot because the sun is rising and it will, as I said, it's a very thin 2% moon. But it's a really cool thing to see. I really enjoy seeing these really thin crescent moons in the afternoon and the evenings. I don't know why. It feels like you're actually in a sci-fi film or something like that, seeing another planet or something. So moving on to the 17th, just to the southwest where the sun has set, around about... 5pm you're going to see a closing in of Jupiter and Saturn. Last month I spoke about they were getting closer to each other. They're getting even closer to each other to the point where we'll speak out in a minute about the conjunction between them. There's going to be a thin crescent moon just off to their left hand side. So Saturn's going to be just above left of Jupiter and a nice crescent moon. So that's something to look forward to in the afternoon. On the 20th take another peek at Jupiter and Saturn and you'll see that they are now even closer to each other this evening. The 20th is also the start of the winter solstice, so it's where Earth's poles are at its maximum tilt away from the sun. So we're going to have the longest night on that night, but shortest day, then it starts going the other way. So the winter solstice begins. Moving on to the 22nd, 
It's the Ursid meteor shower. It's best seen in the early morning. So look towards Ursa Minor, the little bear. You can use the plow to kind of find Polaris and all star cycle. I see the plow is always like a uh, saucepan. Go down the handle into the saucepan and then up the last star, draw a line. That will take you straight to Polaris and North Star. And it's around that sort of area, more towards the other side of Ursa Minor, where they actually are going to radiate from. So you might get a handful of shooting stars flying around there. The moon is up though, so it's going to wash out a few more. So the best one really this month is the Geminids on the 13th. But you never know. People have seen fireballs and all sorts. It was quite a good one actually. I saw someone put it in the Facebook group. Burnt up everywhere. Moving on to the 23rd. Now back to Mars. It's going to be just above past half moon in the evening. It's a great chance to see the red planet again. You'll see some really cool features on the moon as well if you've got some binoculars or a scope. So Mars is really kind of the easiest and probably the highest planet at the moment to see in the night sky. Venus pops up in the morning. Jupiter and Saturn are low as the sun sets, but there's some cool things this month to see. So that's the month ahead. So now we've got three objects that I like to pick. A little bit for everyone. So someone can see it with their naked eye, someone can see it with binoculars. Probably use a telescope as well for the binocular one. So, naked eye. The Geminid meteor shower, 13th to the 14th. It peaks over this night and into the morning. They say it's probably best viewed around midnight as uh, the meteors radiate from the constellations Gemini. So it's a twin's head, so you've got Castor and Pollux, which is the constellation. Looks kind of like two stick men, and they're the heads of them. It's going to get higher as the night gets on, so you've got more chance of seeing them because they're up higher and they'll be radiating down sort of onto you rather than across and where the sun's obviously still setting and things like that. They're going to peak at an average of around 60 to 80 an hour. 60 to 80, something like that. Some people say maybe 120, but again, that depends on how dense the dust cloud that we're passing through is, light pollution in your area. So you could see 70s, the most I've ever seen, but it might be a mental one. It might be really cool. So Gemini is low in the east as the sun sets. It's going to climb higher and higher and higher as the night goes on. So the later you get out, the better. But if the kids are tired, just take them out whenever. You still might be able to see some, hopefully. The constellation itself is just to the left of Orion. And as I said, it looks like two stick people holding hands if you look on apps and things like that. And the debris that you're actually seeing burning up as shooting stars are from an asteroid. And it's creating a dust lane that we're then going into, which creates the annual meteor shower. So it's good for us and it's good that it sprays out loads of stuff because it's one of the best ones. And it's cold and it's dark and the moon's out of the way. So it's a great time to spot some Christmas shooting stars. So what is our binocular object? Well, there are loads up there, but seeing as there is a historic conjunction happening, it'll be rude not to have a look with a pair of binoculars. So the 21st is when it's happening. It's going to be really cloudy, probably. <laughs> That's what always happens when something like this goes on. But you can see it a few nights before as they're closing in, and you'll probably be able to see it a couple of afternoons afterwards as well, because it takes a little while for them to kind of shift. But tonight is meant to be the night where they are the closest in the sky that they have been for hundreds of years. 
So get binoculars out, have a peek at it, see if you can get the two planets separate, which you probably can. By just using your eye, you probably won't be able to make out both of them. I don't know, I wasn't alive like three, four, five hundred years ago, so I've not seen it myself. Throughout November, the two planets have been getting closer and closer in the evening sky. And this month is probably the last time you're gonna to get to see them before they disappear below the horizon. So the point where they're the closest they are, they're actually really low. So the conjunction is so close that it apparently hasn't been seen since 1621. Wow. They're only gonna be about one fifth of the moon's diameter apart. So very close. Uh, they're gonna appear as one planet to the eye. But as I said, pop your binoculars out and you should be able to see them as two planets. You should be able to see Jupiter's moons, Saturn's rings with a steady hand. Just be careful as always because they are close to the setting sun and you're probably gonna have about an hour or so's window of opportunity to see them because then they set. So you have to look towards the setting sun, don't look at it. You'll see two planets, you've got a telescope, why not pop that on there as well, see what you can see. So fingers crossed, we're gonna see that and it was last seen in 1621. Normally at this point, Ross would be bringing you his telescope object of the month, but we've actually got somebody to actually do one for us, haven't we? Yeah. My name is Dan Pye, and I'm one of the astronomers at the Kielder Observatory. I think the one thing that you have to mention around Christmas time when we're talking about astronomical objects that are Christmas-related is the Christmas tree cluster, which is also part of the Cone Nebula. Beautiful little cluster of stars within Monoceros. It's to the top left, if you like, of where you would normally find the Rosette Nebula in Monoceros, which is a big, prominent nebula in the horn of Monoceros. Monoceros is more to the mid-left of Orion. It's a big unicorn. 15 Monoceros is the star that we're looking for when you see this, and it's a cluster which is supposed to resemble a Christmas tree. I reckon you'd be able to see it with a good back garden telescope, or certainly with the larger aperture telescope. Something like an 8-inch Dobsonian telescope with a Barlow lens, or maybe even an 8-inch telescope in your back garden. I wonder if you'd be able to pick it out with a 32mm lens. Possibly. It might be worth giving it a go, seeing if you can see it. The Christmas tree cluster. It is an incredible thing to see. Or NGC 2264 for its proper name, if you like. Yep, and that just happened to be my object as well, because it's Christmas and I love it. So I have seen it. I've been over to Emerton Olney, a little town where it's nice and dark, and I've seen it with my 10-inch Dobsonium. I don't think it's that hard to find. The Cone Nebula, you're probably not going to see that because it is a very dark nebula and cameras will pick it up. So if you're doing some astrophotography, do that while you're there. And yeah, as, as you were saying, it's, it's a really nice little cluster. I, I really like it. Uh, have a go with binoculars. You might be able to see it. I've not tried yet, but you never know. There's a nice grouping of stars. You might be able to find it. Because we were talking about the Geminids, if you start at Gemini, Pollux, which is uh, one of the twins' heads, and it's quite a bright star, so you should be able to find it. Follow his body down to his left sort of leg, so it'd be sort of the bottom leg. And there's a star Alzir there, and not far from that star Alzir, that's where it is. So if you just follow one of the bodies down to the lowest leg, it's around there. If you go more towards one of the top legs, there's actually another cluster there, which is an open cluster and a globular cluster. So if you find that, that's not it. And yeah, it's an awesome little cluster that's formed, as he said, just a very young stars. It actually does look like a little Christmas tree, and there's a very bright star on the top of it, just like we put on a Christmas tree. Funny <laughs> enough. And I think some people are actually taking pictures of it and slightly turned all the elements green. So it actually then looks like a green Christmas tree sat there. So yeah, if you pop it into Google, 
It's a really, really cool little one to see. And as you said, the designation is NGC 2264 on apps and things like that. I know Stellarium, if you get that, you can pop that into it and it'll take you straight there. If not, put in the cone nebula because it's literally, that's all part of the same thing, really. So yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. Hope you find it. Clear skies. I'd never heard of Monoceros before. (laughs) Yeah, it's a weird one. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like rhinoceros, but like a mythical creature. He's saying it's some kind of unicorn, but it could have been a rhinoceros, but yeah. nobody had seen one, so... Oh, it could have got translated wrong. It's like that, um, what was it called? A marwall? So it's kind of like a, a whale with a horn on it. Yeah. Well, they reckon that could have been a, a unicorn, that, because um, the story goes, uh, going back to biblical times again, Noah, <laughs> you know how the animals went to the ark two by two? Yeah. Well, the unicorns pretty much stuck their nose up at that and said, we're not doing that because we're, <laughs> we're too posh to be mingling with all the other animals. Yeah. And we're too, you know, mythical and special. So Noah basically said, well, sod you then. They reckon that instead of drowning, the unicorns turned into these kind of whale-type creatures and that's why they were, ah. you'll always see them in twos. I like that. That's good. So, uh, I love things like that. <laughs> so, unicorns are real. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> they now just live in the sea. Now, we did a complete interview with Dan, and if you want to hear more from him, tune in to our TGP Nominal Stroke Garbage Pod Christmas crossover on December the 24th. So, Ross, what have you got coming up? The biggest thing that we're mostly excited about, well, I am, is uh, I get to do a different talk this month. And it's the Star of Bethlehem. So it's all about what was it, what could it have been, did it happen, all these sorts of things like that. I'm really excited with uh, Aylesbury Town Council and Ruth, who we love. And it's now sold out. So I'm really pleased that it's sold out and Bless from Aylesbury are donating to us so they're helping us stay afloat through these times. And I like it because it's, it's something different. It's something else I can talk about. I like history. I like human culture and philosophy. And I like astronomy, and it kind of puts all of that together and tells a story that I was brought up hearing about at school. It's just a cool story that, you know, if you look in the skies of the day, something actually happened. So I'm quite excited about it. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. So that brings us to the end of another packed TGP nominal extra. Ross, it's fantastic having you on the show again. Thank you for having me and Happy New Year, I should say, shouldn't I? Before we go, so I probably won't see you. Well, I might, we might be recording for the January, mightn't we? Yeah, before the end of the year. So if not, Happy New Year to all of you. And you. Let's just make it a good one. Well, it can't be any worse, can it? <laughs> Keep watching this space because you will be finding our Christmas crossover. It's going to be a bumper episode. There's a lot gone into it, and um, I'm looking forward to sharing our content with you guys. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll speak to you all again real soon. Clear skies.
And remember, there's a billion worlds in your back garden. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of TGP Nominal. If you want to get in touch with us, then send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com, where your input is our output. Or click the social media icons at the top left of the page over at tgpnominal.weebly.com. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest in movies and home theater for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. Station, this is Houston ACR. Thank you. That concludes the event.